the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 316 for June 17th, 2012. Apple unveils iOS 6, Verizon announces shared data plans, and Dropbox for iOS gets automatic photo uploading. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppice. Brought to you each week with the help of listeners like you, subscribers to The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. More information at thecellphonejunkie.com. The show is also supported by The Cell Phone Junkie podcast application, available now for Android and the iOS for $1.99. Well, first today, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. This is my first as a father, and I just have a have a, a great respect for all the dads out there. So thank you for everything that you do. Yep. Congratulations, Mickey. Thank you very much. It's uh, been great. I've been able to spend the whole day with the family. And uh, so now that everyone is kind of, you know, tucked into bed for the night, it's time to record a show. So let's jump right into the news. First this week, probably the biggest news of the week. And if you're an Apple fan, the biggest news of uh, probably the year so far, Apple on Monday kicking off the 2012 WWDC conference out in San Francisco with a keynote presentation from CEO Tim Cook and others. The computer and everything iOS maker announced new features along with iOS 6. And we're going to talk about some of the biggest features of that here. Uh, They went ahead and announced that the new software would be coming later this year, 200 new features in total for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch. Now, some of the key ones were Siri. Siri is now going to be coming to the new iPad, so it's no longer just a, uh, a way to do voice transcription, but full Siri integration. They also did some additional things with the ability to find restaurants, uh, search for Yelp reviews, open table reservations, and and some more advanced functionality there. So great news if you're a fan of Siri. Another thing they added on the Siri side was something they're calling Eyes Free. This is a a coordination led by Apple and a dozen car makers to bring a dedicated button to cars that will allow you to interact with Siri. These uh, makers of vehicles include BMW, GM, Chrysler, Land Rover, Jaguar, Audi, Toyota, Honda, Mercedes, and more. Uh, And that will be coming sometime in the next 12 months. Now on the phone side, you've got a lot of new features, including probably my favorite, which is a new do not disturb feature, which lets you silence phone calls, push notifications and other things that happen on the device. And Joey, I think this is really probably, uh, you know, as, as small of a thing as it, it is, I really get excited about when you can have more control over this to make it so that um, you don't have to do something you don't want to do. And in my case, that's turning off the phone at night. I want to make sure that I, I have phone calls that come through. Uh, but unfortunately, I, put my, I have to put my phone on vibrate because uh, otherwise I'm going to see push notifications, email notifications, text message notifications that come through all hours of the night. And so the ability to not only silence uh, either the vibration and or tones, but also to keep the screen from coming on for anything that you don't want to happen. So I think that's a pretty big deal. It is. It, you know, th- we've got a little, you know, feature creep here that's finally bringing us uh, maybe a little closer to BlackBerry even as far as some of the call and the, you know, the the, the silent settings and, and schedule you can set with Blackberries, which, you know, uh, for, for corporate users, that kind of stuff makes a big difference. I'm really... I think that's what they're what they're really going after here. I'm really feeling like a lot of these features are the ones that the BlackBerry user, as they've as they've left uh, this platform that they used for years, they they're finding themselves 
uh, missing some of the core things that they thought were important. And, you know, that, that be able, that functionality being able to set certain things to happen on your device, maybe when it's in and out of a holster, um, is really kind of what I'm, I'm feeling here with this do not disturb feature. So I do like that. They also have a remind me later feature now, which is new to iOS, which will integrate directly into the phone app, which means if you receive a phone call and you can't take it, that you can, uh, slide up, um, this, this new toggle that will be in there that will either let you remind yourself to, to call that person back later or do different things like, um, you know, saying when you leave a location using geo fencing technology, it will remind you to do it uh, when you do that. So some kind of interesting things there, uh, to, you know, on the phone side. Yeah. And I like that feature. I, I know they also added a feature to, uh, immediately text message, like with pre-canned, you know, I'll call you right back and do that too, which I use that a lot on the Android device that I have. Uh, but, uh, having that thing where, where, where it reminds you to call this person back once you leave your, you know, location, uh, that's really neat to me because I, I always forget, uh, I leave the meeting and I don't call them back cause I forget. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, that's a big thing. You know, usually when you can't take a call, there's a reason you can't take the call, uh, because you've either got something else on your mind or maybe you're in a vehicle or something like that. Um, and, uh, so yeah, that, that is absolutely great. Uh, now let's say you don't want to make phone calls, but you do want to make video calls. FaceTime, uh, will of course be in iOS six, but they've added the ability to make calls over the cellular network. Finally, they brought this feature to us. Um, this will allow you to then, um, also make your calls from a, a 3g enabled iPad as well. Um, and one thing that, uh, we'll probably touch on here in just a few minutes as well is that they're integrating and combining and consolidating the I, the the phone number of your iPhone and also the email addresses that are attached to either your FaceTime or iMessage account. And so it's kind of all one big account now with uh, Apple. And so you don't have to decide whether or not you're trying to FaceTime someone's phone or their iPad or their computer. It's all kind of integrated there together. So, but anyway, big deal there. I'm excited to be able to do this over cellular data now. Yeah, and that'll really, I mean, that will help just integrate it all together to make it uh, more consistent. Yeah. Uh, a couple other smaller features. Safari has got a couple of new things, an offline reading list, and then also banners that slide down to offer the ability to launch apps directly when you're browsing to a website that already has an application made for it. PhotoStream will allow a new sharing feature, so you can share uh, different albums with people if they are also using PhotoStream. And you can also now allow commenting so your friends and family can uh, talk about your photos as you share them with them. On the email side, they have new features, including the V. VIP sender list, which shows a standout notification feature for in a separate mailbox view. So you can set aside special contacts for those that you really want to, to know that you're getting emails from right away. Also the ability to add photos and videos directly from an email. Also, there's a new feature called passbook, and this is kind of a central place on your device that stores all of your tickets, cards, passes, and things like that, that will uh, allow you to not keep all that plastic in your wallet, but rather put it all uh, on your phone. So this is a, an interesting feature. I think we're going to hear a lot more about this and it's going to be really useful uh, for all of those, let's say grocery store rewards cards or your blockbuster card or whatever it is that you're doing. You don't have to carry all of those around. They'll all be in your phone all the time with you. So I, I'm excited about that. So this kind of, to me, this is like the, uh, it, it's not the Google wallet replacement or the, the payment method, but it's kind of like that, that other junk you end up in w with your wallet with these other cards that, you know, not just payment, but these other cards. So it's kind of a, uh, an interesting twist on that uh, that, count, that concept. 
They're also going to do, they're going to integrate this more with the phone itself. It's not just going to be a repository, but rather um, it's going to know that when you say walk into a Starbucks, it's going to bring up the card that uh, you're using there uh, and will let you then scan your and, and basically pay for what it is that you're, you're, you're doing there without having to actually t- even unlock your phone. It's going to pop right up there on the screen. You just have to enter in your, your passcode and it's going to be right there. And, and so I think that's pretty neat. So um, you can also you know set it up to do different things that would alert you for uh, issues um, at, let's just say you, you, you're using it as your plane ticket uh, repository. And so it'll tell you if you've got a gate change there. So uh, very integrated. And I think this is going to have a lot of uh, development with it as, as the the vendors that have these these cards find different things that they can do with it that makes it um, that much more useful to the consumer. Then there's maps. We heard a lot about uh, this previously. Apple is no longer going to be using Google Maps for iOS. They've got their new in-house solution that they're going to be using. TomTom has confirmed that they will be um, a... a in in with Apple um, on some sort of global agreement. We don't know exactly how much they're involved with it, but they are working with them. Um, it's going to include uh, turn-by-turn navigation, traffic integration, Yelp integration, um, and uh, just kind of making it a, a Google navigation competitor. Uh, it's also going to have a 3D feature. You'll have vector-based graphics and images that Apple will be using um, to present more of a 3D-based uh, view here. And uh, Joey, I think the biggest thing here, though, is probably the turn-by-turn. So this will put it uh, direct in line with uh, Android phones because you get you know free turn by turn navigation directions with uh, Android right now. Right, ne- uh, so this to me is one of these big features that was missing in iOS. Uh, of course, Google's now stepped it up one more notch with offline uh, navigation and offline Google Maps. But I'm sure that'll come to iOS as well in the future. I'm sure it will. Also, Facebook integration at the OS level. If you're familiar with how Twitter does it, it's going to be very similar here for Facebook. Also, something new called guided access. This will allow uh, parents uh, to put, or actually anybody to put in um, a more of a, a limitation on the device that will allow um, for um, a parent or, or someone to kind of put in place um, a set like a fence around what's actually happening on the device. So the example that they used was an autistic child. Um, you know, a parent could say you could that the child cannot uh, do anything uh, to exit the application. So it would just basically leave them in the application there. Yeah. And I think this function will have a great applications in the education arena for test taking they had gave an example of and for uh you know book reading and for dedicated hardware for you know like what you'd mentioned is the the store displays at apple that's you know the exact same thing that they use for the displays that they use the ipads for at the apple store and i you know the sky is the limit for having you know dedicated ipads doing you know just a dedicated function because you know the price uh, is very, very reasonable on this. And, you know, the interface is very smooth and slick. But to me, I see education as being just, this is a, a big, big win for that. I think um, I think more that they the, the more they can do to integrate these into um, what's going to be some sort of mass market purchasing um you know, environment, like whether it's school systems or enterprises or whatever is, is going to um, continue to lead them uh, down the road of success with this, this operating system. And, and I think this is a great example of it. Obviously, the, the iBookstore was another one of those as well. Yeah, it's just a, such a simple function, but it, it has so much power. It, it, it you know, it, it because it because it can just really constrain the device to a, a specific function. I, I love this kind of lockdown environment that can be created. 
Yeah. A fragmentation solution for messages and FaceTime. We talked briefly about that, but basically if you get an iMessage on your phone, it will also be delivered to your Mac and any other iOS devices that you have. Um, even if you don't have, obviously, your cell phone number tied to that, it will be integrated with with uh, that account that has your email address associated with it. Now, some other things that uh, they didn't really go into too much, but uh, were, have been found over the last week. Some new accessibility features, a lost mode that enhances Apple's Find My iPhone features, Game Center challenges, selecting any song on the iPhone to set as an alarm from within the clock app, a graphical grid of icons for use when sharing versus the old list style. Also, more advanced privacy settings. Joey, this is a big one here. There's now a list of settings of all the apps that have requested access of your location, contacts, calendars, reminders, and even your photos. You can turn on and off access on the fly. This is big. Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Uh, this this feature alone is making me uh, itchy to get an iPhone because Android, it's just the Wild West. Every application can do whatever it feels like. Uh, you, you can see the permissions when you download the app, but, but not always does it show all those permissions requested it it actually hides some of them in the play play store so uh and then of course you know you don't remember what even those permissions were so i i love this uh this absolute fine you know granular control of each and every application and what it has access to and I, I think that's that's a great way of putting it is that there's um, there, there's so much that the applications that we we download onto our phones can do that you 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 start to almost forget what you've approved uh, to do what and you know sometimes there's a um, you know there's there's a level of, of privacy that you think you have that you don't because you may have just inadvertently or you know advertently clicked the button and thought oh yeah whatever just just let me get in and start playing with this app and and you want to go back and change it so Apple is kind of putting this front and center um, with a privacy settings area and so you're going to easily be able to make these changes now yeah and you don't have to worry then about your contact list being uploaded and of course if you keep sensitive private notes in the the notes description which i do for my contacts i do not want to have to worry about that stuff being just willy-nilly plain text stored on who knows what server or sold off to what what other you know marketing company and uh this is just uh very critical to uh basically everybody's privacy yeah, I think I think it is absolutely. Also, regularly used words will now be saved in iCloud and offered across devices. That's good for those that use a lot of technical or specialized words. Um, also, new iPod music interface, uh, a new remodeled iTunes and App Store, new emojis to choose from, new apps. Uh, on the device are now marked with a blue ribbon to indicate a recent download. The iPad now has a clock. It seems like a small thing, but that is finally, finally, we have a clock on our iPad. And then with iOS 6, songs are now stored on iTunes Match, uh, or that are stored on iTunes Match, can be streamed, uh, leaving out any need to download songs to your device. So they are actually now offering streaming or downloading. That is uh, that is a very nice thing. The beta version of iOS 6 um, is available to developers immediately. Uh, the general release for consumers will arrive later this fall. It will support the iPhone 3GS or newer, the iPad 2 or newer, and the fourth generation iPod Touch. While the 3GS and iPhone 4 will be compatible, both devices will get a version that will be missing some features. Um, According to Apple, flyover and turn-by-turn navigation will be available only on the iPhone 4S, iPad 2, and later. Cellular data charges, of course, apply to those. Siri will be made available to the 4S and newest iPad. Shared photo streams require iOS 6, an iPhone 4 or later, and iPad 2 or later later. FaceTime over cellular requires an iPhone 4S and third generation iPad. Uh, VIP list and VIP and flagged smart mailboxes are iPhone 4 or later and iPad 2 or later. 
Offline reading list will be available on the iPhone 4 or later and iPad 2 or later. And uh, made for iPhone hearing aids will require the iPhone 4S. And finally, find my friends and find my iPhone, which will enable you to locate iOS devices when they're not available or connected. Uh, or this is a, a new feature that um, I guess is uh, not a new feature, but a, a tweaked feature that is going to, I think, give some additional uh, functionality and settings and stuff like that. So um, good news there on that. But anyway, all of this in about 15 minutes, and we've got a lot more to say about this. So if you want to know more about what's happening with Apple and iOS 6, and actually more of the announcements, because we did go into what happened on the computer side as well. Um, We have an unlock show uh, that was released this past Monday evening, and uh, that show can be downloaded. Uh, It's number 116. If you head over to tcpjunlocked.com or thecellphonejunkie.com and click the link on the right side for it, and uh, you can sign up for just a month if this is the only one you want to listen to. Uh, But we're sure that you're going to enjoy listening to the Unlocked show. And uh, we go into, like I said, a lot more detail on all of these announcements. But big stuff this week from Apple. But that was not all. We had uh, some other great news here. Uh, First off, the FCC, after, what has it been, 20-some years, is going to finally review radiation guidelines again. Chairman Julius Janikowski of the FCC on Friday asked the commission to open an inquiry to evaluate if the agency's guidelines on radiation are, in fact, protecting citizens. The guidelines were set back in 1996, and according to the FCC, our action is a routine review of our standards, and we're confident that, as set, emissions guidelines for devices pose no risks to consumers. But uh, back when the guidelines were set, only 44 million people in the U.S. owned mobile phones. That number has grown to more than 332 million mobile phone users as of 2011. So a lot more people using devices, a lot more towers out there, and a lot more concern about what is going on with these devices. So the FCC is going to be taking another hard look at that. Now, if you are a data user, and I bet almost every single person listening to this show is, you're going to want to listen to this. Verizon this week made changes to its data plans with the announcement of Share Everything Family Plans. So starting this week, um, they or excuse me, starting later this month, but announced this week, you now can choose from a set of plans that will include the ability to share the data that you have. So for example, um, you can buy a device and you can share uh, the minutes, messages, and data that you have uh, with others uh, in your family. Now, uh, the feature phone set uh, of devices starts at $30 a month. Smartphones will run $40 a month. USB sticks, MiFi's, and embedded laptops are $20 a month, and tablets are $10 per month. So let me try and break this down so it, you can kind of understand what is happening here. So one uh, once the per-device charge is sorted out, a monthly package must be chosen. So each package includes unlimited voice and messaging. That's right. Every package includes unlimited voice and messaging. We'll talk about why that is in just a second here too. But So um, there are six tiers of data then to choose from, one to 10 gigabytes. So the tiers range from $50 to $100 per month uh, for each of these tiers. So the average couple, let's say that has a smartphone and a tablet, would each pay $40 for that phone. So like I said at the beginning here, so it's $40 for every phone smartphone that you have, $30 for every feature phone. So you'd pay $40 for each smartphone that you have as a couple. And then each tablet would then be an additional $10 per tablet. So if you each uh, have you know an Android tablet, I'm guessing iPhones may be included here because it is a bucket that you're sharing. Um, then you would have to choose between one and 10 gigabytes of data. So that would bring your monthly bill with Verizon then to between uh, $150 and $200 a month. Um, it's uh, I, I think it's going to be for those that choose to have a lot of data. Um, it's going to be a little bit a uh, little bit cost 
you know, a little higher of a cost than what you're currently paying now. But from what I can tell, it looks like most people that are choosing between like the one and four gigabyte plans, it actually could be a savings in the amount that you're spending, especially because you get to share that data. Now that said, you're going to have to determine how much data you're using, which I'm not a big fan of um, just because you want to use your phone. You don't want to have to worry about how much you're using your phone. We have gone away from having to worry about how many minutes or text messages you're using, but now you're having to think about data. So um, let's just say that you're interested um, in putting a whole bunch of devices on a plan. You're going to probably have to choose the 10 gig plan, which is going to be a hundred dollars a month. Well, and of course, now that they're shared, you know, the tools that are now uh, coming to, or that are in ICS, the Android operating system tells you exactly how much you've used it's kind of pointless because you that doesn't tell you what's being used on the rest of your account. So, uh, you know, now again, you're relying on the carrier tools to tell you. But, you know, to me, this, uh, you know, I see that, you know, one gig shared data. Why would you even have that plan option? I'm, I was kind of disappointed with the prices and that the way it starts out at $50 for that particular plan and jumps to 60 for two. I mean, come on, if you're sharing any more than one or two devices, I mean, start with four gigs at the 50 bucks. I mean, I don't know. This is I'm just kind of cynical here with the, the with the price, because to me, it just adds up so quick for, you know, $40 for each phone and then the date on top of it. So uh, but, you know, that's just what comes with Verizon, though. I mean, you really do pay uh, a good premium for their service. So the, the basically the cheapest plan that you're going to be able to now get on Verizon is an unlimited minutes and messages plan with one gig of data. If you've got a smartphone, that's $40 for the phone plus $50 for that one gig of data. So 90 bucks out the door, the minimum that you can get. And uh, this is this is not to say that it, it's a it's a bad deal. It's just that, you know, because you've got unlimited messages and minutes, but, um, and I think up until now, that's maybe been $100. So maybe that's a little bit cheaper, but you don't have any other lower options now. And this really goes back to the carriers just looking out for how they can keep that ARPU up because maybe you used to have an unlimited plan and then you dropped it down to say like a 900 minute plan. And as time has gone on, you're talking less and less. So maybe you want to get it back down to a four. 150 minute plan now. Well, they see that the amount that you're paying every month is going down. Um, and the only thing that is not going down is the amount of data that you're using. And that is the thing that they're the only thing that they're limiting anymore. So are you sure they're not going to have just regular, you know, single user plans anymore still? Or are they just switching to this entirely? You know, actually, that's a good question. Now that I think about it, I, I was assuming that this meant that all the plans were going to to tie into this, um, you know, but uh, I guess they do call them uh, share everything plans. Um, so there's probably I, still going to be re- kind of the plans that they have today. They'll probably be still something similar to that, where if you just have one device, you, you still just have a data plan for that particular device. Well, let's just say that that, that is the case. Either way, they're, what they're trying to do, though, is they're trying to get away from the, the customer having all these options out there. I mean, if you, you look at text messaging as a great example, we have now pretty much gone away with any sort of choice. It's either you you don't have messaging or you have unlimited messaging. Now, it makes sense because it's it's something that they don't pay for and they really don't have any sort of fees that are incurred by it. But at the same time, they're paying you're paying $20 a month really for this. And, and it's it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it that way. But um, it, it, this has kind of been polarizing for people. Some people looked at it and they said, wow, this is great. Um, I don't use that much data. I can probably get by with two or four gigs. And I've got a number of devices that are using that. I'm mostly on Wi-Fi. So this is this is fantastic. I love it. Um, you know, others have said, wow, this is this is really making me consider another carrier over Verizon. But here's the deal. I don't think AT&T is going to be that far behind with something like this. And so if you're looking to jump, I would jump now. Yeah. And I think we've seen uh, rumors that they are coming out with something like this. So yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's interesting. I mean, it's, 
it's definitely nice to be able to share some data like that because I, I it, uh, especially if you've got multiple tablets at $10 a month. But now to me, that's a nice, pretty reasonable, you know, monthly fee to pay to, to share the data with. But, you know, some of the other ones, it's a little bit higher, but I, I do like the fact they include the, uh, the hotspot functionality at no extra charge for, you know, if you had an iPhone or uh, an Android phone. Yeah, that is true. That is a nice way to go. Um, the Share Everything plans will launch on June 28th for both new and existing customers. Data is shareable with up to 10 devices. So don't think that you're going to be able to have as many devices as you want. 10 devices total can be shared on these plans. Sprint on Tuesday announced that the process of shutting down its IDA network has now begun. Sprint executed deals with Goodman Networks, Overland Contracting, Pyramid Network Services, and West Tower Communications to decommission the network. 9,600 towers in total will be shut down before the end of the third quarter, and the network will be fully decommissioned as soon as June 30th, 2013. T-Mobile on Thursday provided a report on the progress of its HSPA and future LTE network rollouts. T-Mobile says that networking agreements are in place to improve connectivity of 37,000 sites around the country. With this, the carrier says that by the end of June, 400 of the GSM HSPA Plus sites will be upgraded with an additional 2,500 by the end of July. Further, T-Mobile continues testing HSPA Plus on the 1,900 MHz spectrum and says that a large number of markets will have the service available by the end of the year. Finally, T-Mobile has begun its trials of LTE and is planning to launch the network in 2013. $4 billion overall has been spent to deploy LTE across its network. Fierce Wireless reported on Friday that T-Mobile subscribers on the carrier's HSPA plus 42 megabits per second network doubled the usage of the average smartphone user on the network. The users of the carrier's fastest network consume an average of 1.3 gigs of data per month, two times the 760 megs of the average consumer. T-Mobile offers an HSPA plus 42 network covering 184 million pops in 185 markets. The HSPA plus 21 network covers around 220 million pops. Vodafone Phone this week announced new roaming plans with a new service called Vodafone Euro Traveler. For three pounds a day, customers can use their UK plan all over the continent of Europe. For those that don't opt for the new roaming plans, lower rates have also been implemented. Calls to the UK will now cost 28.8 pence per minute, texts are 8.9 pence, and data will be billed at 69.6 pence per megabyte. The new rates are effective July 1st. 3UK unveiled a new EU data roaming deal this week, offering unlimited data throughout most of the EU at $5 per day, called the Euro Internet Pass. No tethering is included, though all other data is. Over 25 countries are supported, though the Netherlands, Switzerland, and Norway are exceptions. The plan is available immediately, and once activated, the day pass will last until midnight that day, UK time. Well, you can help support the cell phone junkie and the work we do here each week by signing up for TCPJ Unlocked. The Unlocked podcast is our bi-monthly premium show, which for only $5 a month, $12 a quarter, or $45 for the year, will give you in-depth conversations about the latest in cellular issues, interviews with industry experts, and much more. Sign up is easy. Just visit thecellphonejunkie.com, click the link for TCPJ Unlocked. A, a big thank you goes out to everyone that subscribes. Well, Seaspire on Tuesday announced that it will begin selling the Samsung Galaxy S3 with LTE starting later this year. Pricing and availability were not announced, though Seaspire has plans to launch LTE in 20 markets in the Mississippi market by the end of the year. AT&T on Thursday announced the Sony Xperia Ion going on sale June 24th for $99. The Ion is the first U.S. LTE device from Sony and will run Android 2.3 Gingerbread at launch, but upgradable to Ice Cream Sandwich soon. Features include a 
12 megapixel camera. Other specs are a 4.6 inch 720p HD reality display, uh, 1080p video recording, 1.5 gigahertz dual core processor, 16 gigs of internal memory, HDMI out, and PlayStation certification. Samsung on Wednesday announced Tech Tiles. These are programmable NFC-enabled stickers that can be used to launch actions on NFC-enabled devices. Now, using an Android app, the tags can be programmed to change device settings, initiate a call or text, update a social network status, and more. The tags can be programmed multiple times and will work with the Galaxy S3 on AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, US Cellular, and Verizon, the Galaxy S2 on T-Mobile, the Galaxy Nexus on Verizon, Sprint, and the HSPA model, and the Galaxy S4G on Sprint, as well as the Galaxy S Blaze 4G on T-Mobile. The stickers will be sold in packs of five for $15 at AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, and Verizon wireless retail stores. The companion app is available for free through Google Play. Well, uh, if you are looking for another way to help support us, you can certainly download the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application. Uh, This app is available for Android and the iOS for only $1.99. And for the true Cell Phone Junkie, the apps integrate the best the show has to offer in a simple and effective package. In addition to on-demand access of the last 50 shows, you can get access to PDF documents of the show, following the show's Twitter feed, emailing the show, calling into the show, and listening to the show in the background while you do other things. If you're looking to experience... uh, everything the cell phone junkie has to offer our ios and android apps are for you well amazon on tuesday announced an ios version of its cloud player application compatible with the iphone and ipod touch the player lets users manage stream and download music stored on amazon five gigs of storage is offered for free and other paid storage options are available Dropbox for iOS was updated this week to version 1.5. This adds new features, including an automatic uploading of photos. The new version allows for photos to be taken on the device and then upload them either over a Wi-Fi or cellular connection. When first enabled, the device will start uploading and require the user to interact with the phone every 15 minutes to, to continue that stream of uploads, although other new features in the release include the ability to move and delete multiple files, uploading of files of any size, and a gallery view for all photos. The update is a free download through the iTunes App Store. Now, Joey, this is uh, one that i was been very excited about. I was using it back when it was on Android, and uh, I think it's a great thing to be able to keep all of your photos uh, up to date and be able to keep them in a in an off-site backup type you know situation. And this is one that I've really wanted to see for quite a while in, in Dropbox, and so I was very excited to see this happen. I uploaded, uh, I think I had about eleven or twelve hundred photos on my phone. It took actually um, a couple of days because, like I said, you have to every fifteen minutes, uh, Dropbox will say, you know, to continue uploading your photos, please interact with the phone. Um, I did it over both Wi-Fi and 3G. In fact, uh, I used something like 500 megabytes of my my 3G connection just while I was uploading pictures while I was on the go, but um, I wanted to see how it worked and actually works pretty well. So basically, I now have a full synchronization of the photos that are on my phone with my Dropbox camera uploads side. So yeah, I think that 15 minutes thing is actually part of the iOS because I know it doesn't want you to do background stuff for too long. Uh, yeah, I know it, it has that exception to allow uh, finishing up of background tasks, but it doesn't allow it to do it constantly in the background. So I, I believe that is an Apple limitation, which, uh, you know, this is uh, a lot better than nothing to have this option. I'm actually kind of surprised Apple approved this uh, particular update because it kind of does mirror the functionality of the uh, the, the photo stream. 
So this is actually very, very good news for uh, users of Dropbox and, you know, somebody who wants an alternative support for pictures to be uploaded to an easier to access uh, method. I'm trying to think back to CES, Mickey. I would have uh, imagined this could have come in very handy for taking some of the pictures on the show floor to have access to them to edit them and post them on your, you know, any any device uh, immediately after that. Yeah, and this is something that I, I do regularly as I've got Dropbox on all of my all of my computers. And so I love being able to, um, you know, just take a picture or take a screenshot and then have it automatically show up, uh, you know, on the computer. And in fact, I've got separate folders that are set up. Um, and in fact, if you if you're interested in doing this, it's pretty neat. Google um, how to stream or how to auto- find the automatic upload area for photos and photo stream. But it's different with Dropbox because you can have it automatically do it over 3G, which is something, um, you know, that is probably going to be easier to use while you're on the go. And that's something that, of course, PhotoStream needs to have a Wi-Fi connection. So the Dropbox has something on them there. Yeah, totally. And uh, also for Android users, this update, uh, a similar update was uh, put in uh, a few months ago now. So if you're an Android user, this this functionality is uh, already available to you. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's a great thing, though. I'm, I'm just glad to have an extra copy of all of my photos somewhere, because uh, as great as PhotoStream is, uh, and as great as it is to be able to, to get those on other computers, it's still not a cloud backup solution. And that's what I was what I was really looking for here. So kudos to Dropbox for getting that approved. Slacker Radio on Monday announced a new partnership with ESPN Radio to live stream a selection of ESPN shows and sporting events. The cl- uh, collection features six stations, including four regional stations for New York, LA, Chicago, and Dallas, and a Spanish language ESPN station as well. All Slacker accounts will have access to live sports broadcasts of the web or on the web and on their smartphones, including upcoming events such as the NBA Finals games, the U.S. Golf Open Tournament, the Euro 2012 soccer matches, the NBA Draft, Wimbledon 2012, and the MLB All-Star Game. Free accounts will have access to these stations for the next 30 days, while paid subscribers will be able to listen indefinitely. This is great news if you're a sports fan. Great, uh, great on Slacker for getting that incorporated. And finally today in the news, Sam Samsung on Tuesday announcing that the T-Mobile variant of the Samsung Galaxy S2 now has an update to Android 4.0 ice cream sandwich available. The 4.0.3 update is available through Samsung Keys on the desktop. Well, we've got a number of questions and comments here. First off, I want to talk about one, which is a question from Fred. He says, Mickey, on the AT&T network, if I upgrade my device and plan from an AT&T branded iPhone and 3G unlimited data plan to AT&T's branded Samsung S2 Skyrocket device and LTE unlimited data plan, will I be able to switch back and forth between the two devices? Since both phones will be on AT&T branded devices or are AT&T branded devices and each phone's ESN is already in the AT&T system, will going back and forth between the iPhone 3G screw up my LTE unlimited data provisioning on my account? Thanks in advance for your sharing and your expertise. I'm an avid listener. Kindest regards, Fred. Well, uh, Fred, uh, good news for you here. Fortunately, the nice thing about using these devices on AT&T is that you'll be able to switch back and forth just with the SIM card. The key is to have the plan be uh, the LTE unlimited, like you mentioned, and then the iPhone will be able to use it with no issues. Now, on the back end, AT&T is simply configuring your account to use an additional APN, one that they call PTA. And uh, this is one that uh, will let you use the 4G LTE services on the Skyrocket. But of course, as you would imagine, when you're back on uh, using the iPhone, 
iPhone, um, it's going to be using the 3G network, of course. And when there's no LTE coverage, you're going to be using the 3G network on either device. So you shouldn't have any issues moving the SIM between uh, any of these devices. And, you know, in fact, I know some Galaxy Nexus users are actually using SIMs that are provisioned for the device, that the exact one that you have, the Skyrocket um, S2. And uh, they use it uh, because it has the APN that gives them a little bit faster access on the HSPA side, or at least that's what they claim. So bottom line, you shouldn't have any issues with doing this. I suppose the only exception is, uh, is it a, it's a, it, the uh, micro SIM, maybe? You may have to have one of those adapters for it, possibly. I don't, uh, I was just trying to look that up. I didn't quite find that information in time. You know, I'm not sure, but it, I, I don't know. I don't know that it really matters. Uh, you know, you can always get the SIM cutters or you can cut it down yourself. I, I've been able to actually do that with, with little issue. Uh, so you could you could cut your SIM down if you've got the LTE one, uh, pop it into the, the, the iPhone on the tray, and, and you'll be good to go. So uh, either way, it should be just fine for you. I, I don't anticipate any problems with doing that. Um, and bottom line, if you do happen to, it, and it doesn't work, then, well, it doesn't work, and you'll, you'll know right away. But um, I, I really really doubt that this is going to, uh, to cause you any problems. One exception, visual voicemail will not work. Um, just know that going into this is you cannot use a, an AT&T SIM um, without an iPhone plan in an iPhone. Now, you know what? I'm thinking about this now. I'm wondering what sort of issues they're going to have with, um, with if it's a, if it's a, a connection um, if it's a connection on an iPhone, because because they note right away that it's not an iPhone plan. Um, that said, though, I, I've done this before with other SIMs that I've moved between phones, and I've I've never had an issue. But I don't. I, it's always been on an iPhone plan. This is a really good question. Now that I'm I'm thinking a little bit more about this, because you absolutely can and move a, uh, an LTE and a provision SIM to another device. But the iPhone has got those special data plans. You know what? I'm gonna, Fred. I'm gonna have to look into this a little bit more. Actually, here, um, if there is anyone out there who's actually done this or tried this, I'd love to to know what's happened for you here. Um, I, I feel like it's gonna work, but if you've got some some backup for me here, let me know, Fred. Um, if I find out anything else, I'll let you know for sure. Uh, let's move on here, though. Next one is a question from Lee. He says, "Have you ever reviewed Straight Talk? I started using them with the unlocked Samsung Galaxy Note, and for now, I can't see any difference with the AT and T service, and uh, I paid nearly double for that service. What can you tell me?" Well, Lee, I've never actually used Straight Talk, uh, but we've talked about it on the show in the past. In fact, it was probably about a month ago, I guess. Uh, the only thing um, that you'll need to know about it is that they say data is unlimited, though it is actually a two gigabyte per month limit. Should you go over, they'll send you a notice and possibly terminate your account, though, if you can get by with less data and you need unlimited uh, minutes and, and texting, this is a great way to go. You're going to save a ton of money. Yep. And they have uh, $45, you know, quote unquote, unlimited plans. Uh, available when they they sell just a SIM card, so you have an if you have an unlocked uh, phone, you can just pop it right in. Um, they also have uh, a bunch of smartphones and different things available. It's uh, owned by TrackPhone, so if you're familiar with their service, it should be similar to that, especially on the GSM side. It looks like they do have some CDMA phones that run on the Sprint network as well, uh, mostly on the smartphone side, is what I found. So uh, it 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 should be fairly reliable. I know people with track phone and uh, have no problem with their service. You know, it, it, as long as they're in the right service areas for it, um, it, as long as they're you know slightly more populated areas. Yeah, and and again, it's uh, you know it's something. Two gigs is probably going to be just fine for the majority of people. If if you're not doing you know constant uh, you know streaming, um, you're going to be able to get by with this no problem. I, I I'm regularly at right around two gigs, um, so you should be just fine with that. So just keep that in mind as you're using it that uh, you will have that limitation. Next, a question from James. He says, since Verizon is pushing all 4G smartphones, do you think they will have the capability to talk and surf the web at the same time once LTE is in full effect? Well, James, yes, this will come when Voiceover LTE arrives. 
drives, um, which we've heard is, will start rolling out later this year with substantial completion in 2013. There is currently a single phone that allows for this functionality on Verizon. It is the HTC Thunderbolt. Uh, however, this is due to the One X Advanced SVDO technology. Um, this is a CDMA function, not LTE, and uh, it will allow you to then uh, make and receive calls uh, while you're on your data session without any Wi-Fi connection involved. Now, is that because I haven't done this with with uh, the LTE network, but on my my Sprint Nexus S 4G. If I'm connected to WiMAX, actually, I can do simultaneous voice and data because it is two separate networks uh, because it's not on the EVDO side. So um, I, I know we've got also the, the, the SVDO that is coming that will help do simultaneous voice and data with EVDO. But I th- isn't it LTE still kind of a separate data network that runs? It, but it doesn't. It still doesn't allow you to do this, as, as far as I know. Doesn't it, it, okay. No, it doesn't. Gotcha. In fact, and this is, and as I was researching this, of course, everyone was coming back with the well. This is the the Thunderbolt is the one that does it. And it's and it's not because of LTE or it's the implementation of the the One X Advance, this SVDO, um, and you know they've got this pretty much deployed uh, over the majority of their network. Verizon does that is, but they don't have devices that are using it. it it's quite annoying that they haven't uh, they've haven't deployed any more uh, that have this. Um, it is. Yeah, so unfortunately, no, it's it's going to come. Uh, and of course, when you've got the voice over LTE, uh, then yes, absolutely, because then that's using uh, the data as well. It's going to be IP voice. It's not going to be circuit switched. And so when we've got that and we've got phones that are taking advantage of that, it's all data anyway. So yes, then of course, you're going to be able to do it. Next one, a question from Joe. He says, hi, I've got an Inspire, uh, HTC Inspire for AT&T, and I wanted to know if I can ever expect Android 4.0 or are they going to try and make us buy the latest phones? I wish HTC would take a lesson from iOS, which upgrades all of their current phones. Thank you for your time, Joe. Joe, thanks for the question, but uh, unfortunately, the Inspire is not on the list from HTC to get the ICS update. Um, it looks like unless you're willing to root and put a custom ROM on the device, you're going to be stuck on Gingerbread, unfortunately. So yeah, you're going to have to pick up a new phone. But uh, we, uh, we've we talked about this, uh, I think it was, they, they released an updated list last month, I believe. And yeah, the Inspire is still not on there. At least at, at this point, it's not something that they're going to be upgrading for you there. Finally, today, we've got uh, a question and a, a few comments here from Jeff. It's uh, quite long. So we'll go through it here and address uh, each of these at the end. Uh, He says, Mickey and Joey just pre-ordered the Galaxy S3, probably my last phone that I will uh, order on Verizon as I can preserve my unlimited data plan through them. I'm not thrilled about it because so far uh, I have thought all the high-end phones, the Galaxy Nexus, Razer, and Resound were all too big, although going back and handling them a second time since I brought my bought my Droid Incredible 2, which I think is the perfect size, they didn't seem quite so bad. I actually think the specs and pricing, especially for Verizon, um, I bought the Pebble Blue 32 gig for 249 are quite good, and I think it's going to be a great phone. Could you share your thoughts on going back and forth between an iPhone and a Nexus and the usability of both. Next, I have a feeling that I may be stuck with the S3 if I want a new uh, LTE phone, not interested in a Razer, Nexus, or Resound, and I want to keep that unlimited data plan. So my question is, could you live with a Nexus full-time if you had to? I'm hoping I can get used to the S3 because it looks like a great phone. I just wish it had a 4.3 or 4.0 inch screen rather than that's the 4.8 inch one uh, that it will have. Uh, the new shared data plans are out of sight with respect to the cost. My current 700-minute plan and one dumb phone, no texting on either phone, and one smartphone with unlimited data cost me $88 per month. There is a corporate discount in there, but I think that they're showing that voice, they're now giving everyone unlimited whether or not they want it, and text, once again, unlimited whether or not you want it, and are no longer profitable centers, profit centers, and that they need to keep looking to squeeze every penny that they can on data.
data. Uh, the cheapest plan share plan would be $40 for a smartphone, $30 for a dumb phone, and $50 for one gig of data. And even after my discount, I'm not sure what parts of the discount would even apply to which parts of the new plan. I'll be well over $100. I can't believe Verizon is trying to put this huge rate increase all over to us in just one shot. Uh, this is the first time I've ever uh, had to look at maybe going to AT&T, Sprint, or T-Mobile, uh, though AT&T, Sprint, or T-Mobile aren't options due to coverage. Looking for your, your thoughts on the whole issue. Thanks for all the work that you do. Cell phone junkie app owner and occasional unlock subscriber, Jeff. Well, Jeff, thanks, uh, obviously, for being a supporter of the show and uh, for writing into us with your question here. So let's talk first off about going back and forth between the Nexus and the iPhone. So obviously, the size is the biggest issue with it. Uh, one thing that I will tell you is that if you're someone who's used to one-handed usage, um, you've got your Droid Incredible 2, you've got a four-inch device, and uh, you can probably use it very easily with just one hand. It's going to be something you're going to have to get used to. You cannot use these devices that are over four and a half inches, um, in my opinion, easily with just one hand. I'll say I have medium sized hands. Um, if you've got, you know, better than medium sized hands, maybe it's not going to be as big of an issue, but for me, it absolutely is. And it's one of the reasons that keeps me on these smaller devices. I, I honestly, I put a, a very thin case on my iPhone, number one, to protect it, but also to give it um, a little bit more uh, grippiness to it. Um, and because of that, um, it makes the phone actually feel a little bit bigger, although the screen, of course, isn't any bigger on it. But um, I, I understand why people think that the iPhone feels small without a case on it, because it does. It feels very thin and almost unsubstantial in the hand. So um, I, I do I do understand that. But that size is a big thing for me, and I actually appreciate a smaller size on a phone. Next, you've got the OS difference and, of course, the applications that come with that. So you're going to have to realize, uh, going back and forth, um, if you own certain applications, on one platform. If you want to have that same functionality, you're going to have to deal with buying them yet again. Um, if you have uh, some sort of you know uh, workflow that you have, whether it's notifications that pop up, email uh, or you know text messages or Twitter notifications or stuff like that, you're going to see and have to manage both of those on the devices as you switch back and forth and possibly clear out notifications and stuff because they're not going to synchronize between both of the platforms. And then, of course, you've got your user experience, um, which is, I think, one of the biggest things, and that's how you're gonna, how you feel about using each of these devices. If you're fine with using Android, um, and and you don't have any issues with what Ice Cream Sandwich is, um, and and honestly, I. I don't really have any major issues. I, I prefer iOS because I find it easier to use and I find it quicker to use. And I'm not interested in managing my phone as much as I, I think um, some other people are. And that's maybe just a function of where I am in life and stuff like that. But either way, it's something just to look at when you when you go through all of these 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 thought processes and try and figure out what is going to be the best phone for you. You've, you have to keep these things in mind. And I think so size, the OS and application differences, and then also the user experience are the biggest ones uh, in there. Now, uh, in all of these things, to answer the question, could I live with my Nexus or with a Nexus full time? Yes, absolutely, I could. It is probably, uh, I still think, the best Android phone that's out there. Uh, I love the pure Android experience and the ability that it gives me. Um, you're talking about using this with Verizon, and so you're not talking about a pentaband phone, uh, but it still has LTE, and uh, the, 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 it's, it's a very... Um, it's a very robust phone. It's a very customizable phone. It's a very open phone. And that is something that you don't find with some of these other manufactured devices that have got their, their skins that are overlaying Android on top of them. So I, I would say to answer that question, yes, I could absolutely live with the Nexus if I had to. 
Yeah, I mean, I live with my Nexus S, and it's uh, you know it's very capable. I do like the uh, ice cream sandwich update. They did a lot of improvements to it, especially on the corporate email side of things. So it really is a a, a nice update. I do like the the picture integration where you know people's faces appear uh, much more throughout the entire OS. Of course, the Google Voice integration uh, can't be beat. Uh, that's the one thing the iOS really. Uh, falls down on uh, you know that the app is decent but that's all it is it it's really it just barely works so i mean it is such a it's such a toss-up you know the features here back and forth i mean it it you really have to kind of go down by you know line by line you know if you've got you know iMessage you know if you have lots of people you know on mac and iphones you know you may want to keep using that it, it really is a it really is a personal preference thing I would, I personally would choose an iPhone still, even with the S3 out there. I'm, I'm, I'm still sticking with the iPhone because Joey mentions that it, it's such a big deal. I was, I was visiting some family recently and going around the table, um, I, I've got everybody at that table except for one person was using an iPhone. And these are people that I regularly communicate with over iMessage. Sure, I can use text messaging. Sure, I can use other, uh, you know, other ways to communicate with them. But it is so easy to be able to do that over iMessage and to be able to do it from my computer, from my iPad, from my iPhone. And it's seamless and and it's and it's one of those features that I'm going to sacrifice not having a bigger screen. I'm going to sacrifice some of the the customized uh, things that I can do on Android because of that. That is not the right decision for everybody, but that is something that is really important to me. Yeah, and you know, Mickey, I completely agree with you. I've got uh, numerous people I know that are on iPhones, and I'm starting to kind of lean that direction. You know, for that reason. Yeah, it, it's a it's a hard decision to make though when you when you look at it just how how powerful Android is and how many things you can do with it. And quite honestly, Joey, um, you know, I think there's a lot of times when when someone who's using an iPhone looks over at someone who's got an Android phone and is a little jealous of some of the things that they can do, like being able to automatically upload photos to Dropbox. It's it's a small thing. It's a single feature on a single application that a lot of people don't use. But it was an, it's a very important one, and it was one that uh, I was very excited to see. And, and that's why we wanted to talk about it, because it was it was a great one. So uh, either way, though, that's, uh, you know, that that's that. I could live with the Nexus, though, if I had to, to answer that. Finally, though, thoughts on uh, moving away from Verizon and maybe going to AT&T? Boy, I tell you, um, if you had asked me this question three years ago, I would have said, absolutely not. If you're a customer with Verizon, if you're comfortable and you need the coverage that they have, you, you know, don't even don't even waste your time. Um, I feel like over the last, especially 18 months, they've really come a long way. Um, I, I still find myself making a lot of my calls over Verizon, though my uh, very, very old BlackBerry, it's about two and a half years old now, is uh, starting to have some issues with the speaker. And so the sound, call, the quality of the calls coming out of the, the speaker are, are quite poor. Uh, it's been dropped a few times, as you would imagine. And so, um, so I'm having some issues there. And so um, I, I don't like, but I don't, I don't like making calls as much on, on AT&T because I don't, sometimes I don't feel, and, and this is just a historical thing, like I'm going to have the re, reliable as a call as I do on Verizon. Um, that is, is quickly going away, though. Um, I, I find that more and more, um, the, the coverage side by side is still very decent. Um, even though it may be edge only, you can still make calls. Um, you can still, you know, get critical data out. Um, and, and, and so you're probably okay. So I would say if you live in a major metropolitan area, you're probably not going to have any issues. I would, though, before you make any decisions, I would talk to people who have AT and T. Um, see if you've got coworkers that have uh, that have devices that you could you could check out and see how the service is. Um, and it's and it's those places that you spend the majority of your time. You know, your house, 
um, your commute, your your office. And when when I say your office, not just your desk, but uh, maybe your lunchroom or other places that you you know conference rooms, meeting rooms, stuff like that, where you spend a lot of that time. That's going to be important that you have that phone functioning. If you don't have a reliable Wi-Fi network in any of these places to get data in and out, you're going to want to make sure that you're choosing a cell carrier that's going to meet the needs of what you need. So. Um, I, I'm, you know, right now, if I had to say it, I could absolutely go with AT&T as my carrier full time. I, I would not have a problem saying that. That's um, not something I would have said a couple of years back. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable in doing that now. So hopefully that uh, that helps that uh, answer that question for you. Because yeah, certainly uh, some a lot to think about here with some of the changes that Verizon is making. You've got your S3. Uh, you're going to be able to use that for quite a while here. You're going to be happy with it, I think. If you're not, just sell it, right? I mean, that's that's pretty easy to do. And uh, then move on and, and figure out what it is that you want to do. So uh, good luck with that uh, and enjoy the new phone. You'll have a lot of fun with it, I'm sure. Well, if you have any questions or comments for us, you can send us email to questions at the cell phone junkie.com or give us a call 206-203-3734. Of course, you can follow us at a number of different places. The website, thecellphonejunkie.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Google Plus, all by searching for The Cell Phone Junkie. You'll find us there, and you can follow all the news that we talk about on this show, as well as when the new shows are published. Joey, thank you very much, as always, for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.